0: Why is the shopping cart always in the top right of the screen? How do companies predict my purchases? Why do prices end in nine? Why do fast food companies use red and yellow in their logos? Why do restaurants always have one expensive menu item? Researchers, marketers, and very curious people seek the answers for how we make decisions and how we choose products. ClickSuasion finds the secrets that companies use and shares them with you.
1: Why do I feel better when I bought the last remaining airline ticket?
0: How do I make choices based on colors and fonts?
1: Okay, we're good now. Is it actually recording? Yes, it is. It's blinking at me. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Clickslation podcast. This is Katana Lundland from Clixlasian Labs in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Today, we have a round table discussing the commercials released during the big game. Focusing on ads with messaging that fits into four topics, ads with a focus on humor, social impact, COVID consciousness, and behavioral marketing. Joining me at the lab today, a respectful COVID distance away, is Cindy Byfield and Michael Barbera. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in with the uh, first category, humor, and we have uh, the Paramount ad. So, what do you guys think of that? What was the the target audience of this Paramount? add
0: I think since Paramount was uh has acquired the CPS streaming app or has partnered with and, and, and renamed that the target audience uh, overlaps with those who watch CBS, uh, but also also I think there was a, a theme of, of Gen Xers. Now, I, as, you, as you probably know, I don't like to categorize consumers by generation because there's so many segments of, of consumers within one generation. Um, I think there was an overarching thing for all the Super Bowl ads is that uh, many were targeting Gen Xers. So if you look at the Paramount commercials, we, we saw Patrick Stewart, who um, is most uh, memorable from his role on television in Star Trek and then through the Marvel X-Men series. So this is going back 20, 30 years, 40 years of television. Uh, additionally, Beavis and Butthead made a, made a cameo uh, in these commercials as well, making references to, uh, to crack jokes. And then we have uh, Snooky, who is, you know, we, we might think it's, it's, it's recent and relevant, but Snooky's time on television is coming to 15, 16 years old. It's been, it's been quite a hot minute since Snooky took the reins on, uh, on MTV. Doesn't seem like it. No, time time definitely uh, flies by. Uh, but if you look at the a lot of a lot, so what I, what I like about the Paramount commercials is that there was uh, small touch points of humor and familiar faces. There wasn't just one t- Paramount commercial. There was I think three, four.
2: There were four, four total. total. Okay, yes,
0: because uh, I could not remember the, the total amount, but they were short. And they're memorable because they have familiar faces in them. Uh, there was humor from Beavis and Butthead, from Snooki, uh, from Bryson DeChambeau of the PGA Tour, uh, Patrick Stewart, and, and several others as well. So you were looking at these familiar faces, people who we know, like, and trust, or who we know, like, and trust as their characters on television, and then add that with humor and small touch points to make it memorable. I think Paramount did, a, did quite a good job on reaching a, a large audience on Super Bowl Sunday.
2: I would also add that they did a good job of adding in the millennials into that with the spongebob episode there at the end we've got patrick stewart dancing
1: dancing so that was
2: definitely a millennial moment
1: (laughs) yes i i quite enjoyed that (laughs) okay uh let's let's move on to uh the cheetos ad it it wasn't me who do you think the target audience for this was (laughs) That's why
0: it's all of us. I don't think I don't think Cheetos targets me. I'm not really too much of a Cheetos fan, but I do appreciate how much effort they put into their Super Bowl planning. Uh, for their ads each year, so um I, I think Cheetos falls into the Doritos category of, of they're they're kind of expected to have a significant ad in the Super Bowl each year. Uh, I think that the the driving force behind Cheetos isn't so much the the brand of Cheetos, but it's more of what you expect of the humor, and then you you add that with a a relatable couple of Ashton Kucher and uh, Mila, Mila Kunis. Did I say that right, Mila Kunis? Yeah, I think, yes. so. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think so. think um.
2: so. I'd say anyone that's seen the 70s show got a good kick out of that. (laughs) So it was a good good broad target audience, I agree.
1: Okay. And I think it was a... Was it for the release of a new Cheetos product at the end of it? Or maybe not. I thought there was a new Cheetos coming out. Anyways, uh, next humor-related ad, TurboTax with their sliding desk.
0: Well, well, Katana, I I think you, you brought up a pretty good point that we don't have to know what the ad is for. So we don't have to know it's for a new Cheetos product. We don't have to know it's for Cheetos extra spicy. I'm just making this up. The, yeah. the, the fact is that we know we, we, we associate or bundling humor with a brand that, we, that we're aware of, that we know. So Cheetos, now so we know Cheetos is humor and then that touch point is, uh, is significant. So even if the, we don't know what the exact product is, the Cheetos brand impression still has some significant weight.
2: And how many times is somebody in their household going for the bag of Cheetos, and it's gone, and everybody is like, "It wasn't me." Yeah, yes. for children, that happens a lot. Yep.
0: And then you have the the desks from from TurboTax. So TurboTax is an obvious you know ad supplier for for Super Bowl because it's it's tax season. It's their peak season. It's the season where they're going to make the majority of their revenue for the year, and they want to make an impact. Uh, I thought that I, I'm not sure that they. I wouldn't put them on the top five of of, of humor, at least for myself. I didn't think the ads were so funny, but I thought there was more of a a good messaging saying that the desk follows you where you go, is that we're there. You don't have to come to a CPA. It doesn't have to be taxing, no pun intended, or uh, confusing, that we have the answers for you directly from your laptop, and that you carry your laptop or your phone with you. We're there with you as well.
2: I think the humor came in the fact that they're pointing out unusual tax tips. So that was the funniest part. I mean, who doesn't want to move to New Mexico now when they turn 100?
1: Yes, be making money then.
2: Exactly.
0: Well, I think at maybe 100 years old, I would just say, like, you know what? I'm just going to stop paying state tax anyway. Come at me. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: all right. Um, let's see. What about the T-Mobile ad uh, had Blake Shelton? Shelton? Yes. And Gwen Stefani and uh, the, their story of how they got together.
0: I, I thought T-Mobile did a really good job of putting a storyline together and, and capitalizing on the video calls of 2020 without overtly saying, hey, 2020, we, were, we spent our time on video calls on Zoom, WebEx, code training, or similar platforms. Uh, they, they did it in a subtle way. And, and I, think, um, what, I think most people forget that T-Mobile had a second commercial, which aired during the pregame show. Uh, the original the first not the original the first t-mobile commercial was with tom brady and uh, gronkowski and it was the same concept where each of them were, were talking on video chat and there was a lag in the in in, in the um in the signal and it, it turns out that they were originally talking about just retiring and then it turns out that with the lag they would just you know come back and play football together and so the same concept the same storyline was put to uh, gwen stefani and blake shelton uh, in an accidental manner, of how the lag gets in the way of our lives, I thought it was I thought it was quite humorous. Again, with people who we know like and trust. Um, and now, Tom Brady and Gronkowski had you know primetime last night. They were on TV all night, but they're also not primetime faces. But Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton are. Uh, they're co-hosts on a on a nationally syndicated television show. They're also a couple they're they're constantly mentioned in, in pop culture so I think that giving them the prime spot for that commercial had more of an impact than if you were to swap roles and give Brady and Kronkowski that prime spot yeah.
2: no I totally agree I mean it was I love the way T-Mobile called it their five star their rock star 5G and family drama um, family drama 5G so I thought that was pretty funny because what else do you get when you have broken up signals but family drama yeah. <laughs>
1: very rel- relevant miscommunication mm-hmm. all right our uh final ad on our list for humor is the alexa commercial uh with uh i guess a better vessel the best vessel for alexa i totally agree <laughs> <laughs> what with the with the new uh round form or uh, michael jordan michael jordan of course <laughs>
0: I think Michael B. Jordan played a great role in that commercial. I, I, I'm not sure there would be many other people who would fit that role quite well. But then I'm, I'm not sure who the actress's name is that played in that role as well. I think I think she carried that ad and acting out her desire to be with Alexa. And Alexa's her new partner. Uh, I, I thought that her acting in there was what carried the ad. I don't think you carried it as an ad. I it carried it as somewhat as like a, a short clip or a is if they're still around. Uh, like a five-minute episode even though it wasn't five minutes it still felt like you were in it i felt like i was embraced in a storyline uh, of a commercial i was waiting to see what happened next so i thought they did a good job of capturing the audience attention and on top of that i thought they had probably just the prime placement uh within the within the the game time to place that ad i think if it was too early it would have been overlooked if it was too late it would have been overlooked i think they had just the right placement to have that storyline in the middle
2: I completely agree. Nothing I read told us who the actress was, but she did an amazing job carrying that. I mean, to be able to stay so serious in such a humorous moment was just incredible. So I was very, very impressed. And yeah, the the timing of the ad was good, too. I hadn't thought about the fact that you got drawn into a storyline there, but you really did. Yeah, you're you're just kind of waiting for the next thing. What where is she gonna where was she gonna pitch her Alexa at next? So you know,
0: maybe the theme for Super Bowl Fifty Six and beyond is going to be Super Bowl Shorts for the commercials.
1: There oh. you go, that that would be fun. I'd like to see that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic: uh, social impact. Our first ad is uh, actually NFL. Uh, it takes all of us.
0: I gotta say. I, I was quite underwhelmed by the amount of uh, social impact ads that were the Super Bowl. So it leads into a couple of thoughts. First, there were a few ads that, that did talk about COVID nineteen and pulling the economy. And then I, I can only recall two that focused on uh, BLM and the racial uh, you know injustice movement of twenty twenty beyond. And and those two ads go to the NFL. So I, I so. the the two thought processes that I have is, number one is, did we miss the mark in in, in not doing this? Or is there data suggesting that it's too much and companies are now backing away from it? So I'm curious to know why there wasn't more or why companies, I'm more than likely going to assume that that marketing departments had internal discussions about where they wanted to go with the ad and the messaging, how it aligned with, with, with the brand talking points. And I'm curious to know, um, what data, if any, drove that decision to stay away from 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 more of a racial injustice topic? Because at least going through, what I expected to see uh, probably a good portion of ads go that direction.
1: Yeah, there were a significant amount of ads that were uh, more well tried to be more humor related, um, and then not very nearly as well with the, many with a social impact or even COVID related, given uh, COVID. Well, this past year and ongoing. I know the
2: research I've been doing about messaging has really led me to believe that people are just tired of certain words, that they're exhausted thinking about it and that they are ready to move forward. They're tired of being on the offense. They want to be on, I mean, they're tired of being reactive. They want to be proactive at this point. So it didn't surprise me at all that we saw a lot of humor this year. I was also surprised though, the fact that we had, so little in the social impact in the, in the COVID-related ads. But again, that kind of follows where my messaging has been going, is that people are ready to move forward.
1: Okay, what about uh, Chipotle's uh, burrito, burritos change the world ad?
0: I, I really thought Chipotle missed a mark here. Chipotle had some phenomenal message framing uh, on previous campaigns about uh, being fresh, uh, they only use fresh ingredients. I thought they kind of segued from that in in, in not a good way. I, I think there's very few direct competitors of Chipotle who can compete on that messaging that everything is fresh, and on the standard of Chipotle. Yeah, so Chipotle's had some uh, some PR crises in in the recent past about uh, salmonella or similar, you know, uh, bacteria. But still, uh, to offer all fresh ingredients, I think that's a messaging that you you shouldn't steer away from because uh, it's got value, whereas most of your competitors can't. And that's one of the reasons why uh, many Chipotle customers stay loyal. So I, I'm, I'm not sure of the, the behavioral impact of the Chipotle ad, but I'd be curious to see the, the quantitative impact on the data for, for their sales and, and what their call to action was.
2: It was more of a, sus- sus- oh my goodness, I can't even say a sustainability mm-hmm. ad as opposed to a social impact. But I think that their thought was, if we can change the world, so can you
1: makes sense. All right. Our last social impact ad is Indeed, the um, getting people jobs.
0: Well, so I might be a little biased on this. So my my personal mission since uh, the pandemic started has been to create jobs and keep people employed. Uh, Indeed has been one of the platforms that I've used to uh, to host job descriptions and, and, and receive applications. Uh, Indeed has a, a fairly intuitive platform and it's fairly easy to use for, for, for most people. Uh, I, I believe that the, the ad did touch on that and, uh, and hopefully um, the, uh, the metrics that support that you know, follow the ad support the, uh, the message campaign.
2: What I thought was really neat with the ad is that they were running a campaign online at the same time as running the ad where you could hashtag hiring now and they would list you all the jobs in your current area that were hiring at that time to help get people moving forward. Yeah. They weren't the only ones running online campaigns at the same time. So for the areas that were in the Reddit area, um, there's only like seven different areas that received their ad. It's a five second ad, but it, it, literally led people back to go let me go look at the website and see what the, what's going on why was that so fast
0: you know it, so two points there I think one it goes back to the uh, fire festival adver- fire festival advertising uh, fire fest advertising of the the one solid color on the Instagram photos and, and then it also goes to um I lost my train of thought all right so I' was gonna talk about the the uh, the colors. Um that's okay. I'll I'll skip that. Oh yeah. No, that's what I was gonna think about. Wow, I'm all over the place. Anyway, at the beginning of the circle, uh somewhere somewhere around the, the, the national anthem, there was a, a message about social impact. And the, the prompt on the screen was tweet these emojis um to show you support. And the emoji was the clapping hand fingers, uh the clapping the clapping hands, but the it was it was to showing you to text. Um, all five or six, you know, skin colors of those hands, and that's not very intuitive. Um, that that's a lot of clicks. That's a lot of thumb movements to uh, choose, hold long press, choose your color, come back up, go back in, long press, pick the color, squirt, you know, that's a lot of activity just to get one tweet out. So um, although in, in, on paper and on a concept, it looks like a fun campaign, but how likely is the user actually going to follow through that action? So how many clicks or long presses are required to put five um, clapping hand emojis of different colors into a tweet? It, it's, it's taxing on a, on a user and it's likely not to happen.
2: Well... And I don't remember seeing that at all on Twitter when I researched there this morning to see what was there about the Super Bowl. I didn't see anything regarding that. So I wonder if maybe people just missed the point or they just didn't see it. Being being so early in the game there, right there at the beginning. Not everybody has the TV even turned on.
1: Yep. Getting getting ready for the big game, maybe not quite watching that segment yet. Okay. All right, well, let, let's move on to our uh, third category, the COVID ads. And maybe it has something to do with people are tired of COVID. They kind of want to uh, move on to things. There weren't very many COVID ads. Uh, YouTube had one uh, that I wasn't very, uh, it took me a minute to realize it was YouTube. Uh, what do you guys think about this? So <laughs> let Mike go first. <laughs>
0: really believe YouTube uh, missed every mark possible on this ad. I don't doubt that the the movie they created is a phenomenal watch. I haven't watched it. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But the the trailer, the commercial doesn't get me excited. It it seemed it was very monotone. Uh, It was bland. It was very dry in color. Uh, if you're watching, you know, there's a science to creating trailers. Uh, you can take certain clips and you play them backwards and, and you show uh, only a clip for less than a second going to the next clip. So you're showing uh, the user, uh, you know, so many parts of a movie without actually showing it where YouTube went the opposite direction. It looked like everything played in forward. It wasn't in reverse. Um, there was the same bland colors. It was, you know, the music wasn't very exciting. and It wasn't, say, uh, very motivating to say, you know, I want to log into YouTube and watch this. I think it was just boring. I, I can't imagine that, um, I, I can't imagine they had a thorough QAQC process and, and before they spent that money on that ad to, to advertise that movie.
1: Did either of you have trouble recognizing it was a YouTube ad? It took me a moment.
2: I honestly thought it was um, Netflix the whole time until at the end when it said YouTube. I'm like, what? So it just seemed like some type of, um, something that Netflix would have put together, especially during the pandemic. But I do remember seeing an advertisement for them collecting, looking to collect a day in a life. And it was all scheduled for one day. And so I think most of the people following it they're going to really sit down and watch the whole thing. They're going to feel that one, we're either spotlighted in it or maybe they don't know they were spotlighted in it yet they want to watch it to find out. And once they find out, then their families and friends are going to watch it. So
0: it goes to the, the streaming wars, and, you know, the streaming wars between Netflix and Hulu, HBO Max. Uh, include Paramount now for you know, Paramount Plus, whatever it's called for the, the new CBS streaming app. You know, these, these streaming companies do very little advertising. Obviously Paramount is, is CBS, the CBS streaming app, it's rebranding. So they're doing some advertising for Bowl, and it's so understood, but the rest of the advertising is, um, It's done by the consumer. It's done by social proof and word of mouth. Uh, You know, every Baby Yoda meme you see on online is a is a marketing tool for the Mandalorian and Disney Plus. Every Wandavision Easter egg you see is another advertising ad for uh, for Disney Plus as well. So the streaming the streaming uh, war doesn't require much marketing. It requires original content. Original content is one of the reasons why consumers or users choose to stay with a with a particular or specific uh, streaming service, but then YouTube comes out with uh, their. And, and I remember they had, I, I recall, I think I recall two bumper images in the ad. There was one about maybe a halfway or three quarters through, and one towards the end, obviously. And it said YouTube originals. Well, why would I get so excited over this original when it looks so boring? When you have these other streaming companies coming out with uh, content that is engaging, it's funny, it's action. It looks like money was poured into it. It's it's it's, it's movie production quality, and YouTube is fallen back on their on their on their foundation of user generated content. Um, I just I just feel that YouTube missed a mark in the message framing by saying YouTube originals and then also using user-generated content. It didn't seem like something I would be excited to get into.
1: I haven't decided if I'll watch it or not. <laughs> well, that, that says a lot about it right there. All right, so on to uh, the, the only other ad we have, uh, the NFL COVID ad. What do you guys think about this one? Do you think it hit the mark, or
0: so going into the game or into the commercials, I should say, I expected a lot more social impact, a lot more COVID impact impacted messages, mm-hmm. and I, I think the NFL did the best job of any company talking about all the social impact issues, in, including COVID and racial in, in, um, injustice, um, and and. I'm going to just segue a little bit i think the nfl really takes the cake for the whole day for it and i think it all starts with the national anthem how yeah. um eric church and who's the duet with correct me help me out here
2: oh gosh i
0: don't remember the name I should. okay we, we owe a name for the whoever uh was uh singing with uh with eric church but i think the duet for the national anthem uh from two people from two different cultures. Um, two different target audiences. I think that's, that's a, I, I couldn't think of a better way to uh, to bring um, you know two audiences. Jasmine
1: there. Solomon. Jasmine Solomon. Yeah, it was very very well done and a very good way to start start the game.
0: And the NFL gets cr- criticized for for a lot of their um, behaviors but I'll, I'll, i i think they deserve um a good credit i think uh the nfl the even the ownership of the teams uh, all did good I, I i noticed last night as the game ended the the tampa, tampa bay buccaneers were celebrating the owner was the first person to to speak and and he said um when he was like when he was handed the trophy or handed uh, congratulations it's like well what are you what you know what do you want to say about this team he's like well uh, I want to thank the healthcare workers. Yep, he he went, did. he Very the entire team, the healthcare workers first. And then, after the owner of the speak, was the head coach. And the head coach said, It's not about me, it's about every player who played. I wasn't out there in battle. Uh, and I think that those two um, messages from the, the leadership of the team signify top tier leadership. These are people you want to go work for, work with, and work beside.
2: Definitely, definitely. I'll be honest, I know that there were two NFL commercials, but the one that really stuck out in my mind was the one where they um, talked about Vince Lombardi and him walking through. And I just thought that was a beautiful commercial. Um, I have it pulled up right now where it was was titled As One. And just him walking through Everyday America and reciting a speech meant to inspire the masses. I don't remember if that one fell under the social impact or the COVID. A little of both. Yeah, but it was really, really good. I mean...
0: I thought the visualization and the speech by Vince Lombardi w- was, was well done. Maybe the application could have been applied or, or you know conducted a little better, executed better. And the reason for that is, is they, w- they would cut and paste. They would go from the, the visual representation of Vince Lombardi on the screen, given the speech, and then they would cut away to a couple of people in the audience, uh, fans. And you could tell that they had no idea what was going on. They're just standing there talking, but it tried to make it look like that Vince Lombardi was talking to the audience. So I think the, just the execution of it was, was poor, but in concept, I think it was it was novel.
1: Yeah, definitely in concept. Might have been a a better way to show uh, him engaging the audience because it it was a very engaging um, speech. It was very very emotional, maybe to watch him, um, but maybe not how they they uh, what's the word? how how they ended up doing it. <laughs> My words are running away from me. All right, let's, let's kind of go on to our bonus section. The um, behavioral marketing side of things here. Uh, so these these ads didn't necessarily fall, fall under the first three categories. But, uh, we'll start with the Mountain Dew commercial. I don't think many people missed this one. It kind of gamified. And if anyone's actually managed to count all of the Mountain Dew bottles in there, you, you deserve that money because that is, that is a crazy amount of Mountain Dew Bottles, but um, what do we think about the Mountain Dew commercial?
2: First of all, anyone that has taken time to count all those, um, probably needs to be looking at Indeed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too much time there, huh? I think
0: there's a future partnership between Mountain Dew and, and Indeed. Uh, I think Mountain Dew is the, the obvious winner of the Super Bowl ads for Super Bowl 55. Um, as, as Katana said, it was gamified. Uh, you, if, you can, if you can accurately count and identify the correct number of Mountain Dew melon bottles and cans yeah. in the commercial, you win a prize. Uh, so where are you going to go to recount those? You're going to go to YouTube, and then replays signif- trigger the algorithm that's popular video, so it gets trending, it's popular. Not only does it from the YouTube, it'll trend on Twitter, uh, and so that triggers remarketing. So by, by by nudging or convincing an audience to engage in a specific activity over and over again, not only are you triggering algorithms and social proof, but you're also um, making more brand impressions per person. Because the more times that we as consumers or humans engage with one specific item or product, we're more than likely to engage with it in the future. So if you're convincing someone to engage with a commercial three or four times over the course of a 24-hour period, that's a significant one for brand impressions. I, I can't say that. Um, uh, I would like to to see the impact of this ad because, at least to face value and, and and the application of behavioral science, it looks like it it was it's well done. It hits all the marks, and they had their influencer of John Cena in, in the ad as well. And and, and you know you know, uh, Mountain Dew gives you sugar and, and energy. And, you know maybe not the best energy, but it gives you energy. Uh, gives you maybe some hyperness. And John Cena represents a high-energy person. So I think there's significant overlap. If you put all this into a Venn diagram, it's going to fit quite nicely.
2: I thought it was interesting, though, that there were only two commercials I remember that really worked towards gamification. It was Mountain Dew and Verizon. And they both did a great job, but Verizon didn't offer you a reward for doing that, whereas Mountain Dew really hit the mark on that. They're like, okay, come follow us now. I mean, it was great. than the Verizon commercial, the big fish coming up, and, you know... <laughs> But it was, it was really cool to see that gamified, but I would really would have thought there'd been more gamification because that's become such a big part of our life during COVID. How many people waited months just to get a gaming unit for their kids, just to give them something to do when school was out. So
1: yeah, and it's a great way to engage with your audience as well, to get them, uh, as Mike said, engaged in talking about it in retweeting about it in engaging with the brand. Okay, so our, our other behavioral marketing ad was uh, McDonald's, which was, I guess, a little bit more more subtle, perhaps, um, kind of targeting the uh, Gen Xers, which I, I didn't realize at first, but...
0: So I think the best ads that use behavioral science and persuasion are the ones that we don't know are using persuasion and behavioral science, because it's subtle, it's, it's impactful. Uh, here's why I believe that McDonald's... Um, really takes the cake. I, I think they fall behind Mountain Dew as the number two winner um, or the second place in the Super Bowl ads. The, the the McDonald's ad, I believe, ran during the pregame show or somewhere towards the beginning. The ad uh, focused on people driving their vehicles through the drive through and they were singing um, you know, uh, songs that are popular for singing along on road trips. All the songs are from the 1990s or early 2000s. Uh, additionally, as, as the actors... Went through the drive-thru and placed an order at the Squawker Box. Uh, they placed an ad for number one. A Number one. I have a number one with a Coke. Have a number one with this. I have a number one. I have a number one. Well, the the target audience who is more likely to order a McDonald's meal by the number of the value meal are Gen Xers. Um, that the, the 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 willingness to order a McDonald's meal by number significantly decreased uh, in the in the around the 2006, 2008 time frame, And then it has declined since, but those who continue to order that way in, in at least in volume are our generation extras. Additionally, at the end of that uh, commercial, the McDonald's logo on the bumper image was the the golden arches surrounded by a red square, which is the original logo, not the original logo, but a logo that was used from a period in the, in the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, so it, it's it's triggering nostalgia. It's triggering you know the thoughts of uh, being in a happy place. That's not 2020. So I, I believe McDonald's really takes the cake. Now, are they going to have a significant impact from one ad? Probably not. I think I think the impact of the ad is going to be more time-based, more longitudinal, and it's going to be based upon how many times a consumer sees the ad and they can relate to it. And I think uh, just the brand impression of saying, you know, McDonald's is here. We're safe. We, we may not be the healthiest, but, you know, you trust us. Uh, does, does make an impact over time to their target audience.
2: Well, it's interesting because they compared this ad to um, Carpool, karaoke. Carpool Karaoke. Yeah, that's a lot of the stuff I read this morning. That's what they've been comparing it to Carpool Karaoke and the fact that it was inspired by the fan truth that so many of us share, which was visiting the, the drive through in the, you know, 2020 and how many times were you not just sitting there waiting your, ter- your turn in that long line with the music blurred up and singing. And I guess they took that
1: concept from the, the,
2: what they were seeing themselves
1: that's smart of them, uh, something that we could all relate to. I know I've done that yeah they said
2: um what they said back at the end of it was that they wanted to do something um, that would bring these to life in ways that their customers would actually talk about them, so I know i'm I can say I've done it <laughs> with the windows closed with of the course. windows. Closed. <laughs>
0: We shall not judge one another by what we sing in the car or the shower when we're alone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to episode two. (laughs) All right. That about wraps it up for our uh, big game ads. We've covered the uh, humorous ads, the COVID conscious ads, the few ads that had some social impact and our kind of bonus behavioral marketing ads in Mountain Dew and uh, McDonald's. So thank you, Mike, and thank you, Cindy, for uh, joining me today. From ClickSuasion Labs, this is Katana Lemon.
0: Thanks for listening to ClickSuasion. Subscribe to the podcast, read our research, and get in touch with us at clicksuasion.com. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle
1: at clicksuasion.